0: No, no word
1: at all. I rely on God, Allah. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to an episode, another great episode of the LifeHacker podcast with that Canadian brother, our achi. And I'm going to just say it because we're still learning from Arasad Sadat Anwar to today's episode. I'm going to get right into it. I'm just uh, head first into the conversation because I know the brother is passionate about uh, something. And I just want to delve into that passion. Street Dawa. Why? Why is it important?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I was moved when I was like a teenager and I saw some Muslims doing street dawah on yeah. Young Street in Toronto. And mm. I thought that was uh, a pretty cool thing. And uh, then I also watched the film Malcolm X, 1992, and you see them street pamphleteering yeah. and preaching to people. And I thought, wow, it takes a really kind of high level of confidence to do that. Yeah so yeah i toyed with it just i toyed with it once or twice in my teen years but you know yeah. you try things and then yeah. it trails off and you don't stick with it and all that i guess that when i became more regular was uh, i lived in london england for three years so i was going to hyde park for the speaker's corner okay so th- that's street dawa that street mm. dawa experience then when i came back to canada i was missing that experience mm. so fortunately there were still some brothers who uh, were doing street dawa at young and dundas in front of the eden center in toronto and they do that every Sunday. So I thought, oh, that's where I can get my fix. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I joined them and I've been doing that. You know, I joined them every Sunday and, and it's, it's fun. It's a very eclectic scene in that young and Dundas area. I, I remember
1: because you mentioned Malcolm X and street. I remember many years ago when I was first married, I went with my wife and we were walking down Young street and there were people from the nation of oh, Islam yeah, yeah. Uh, handing out pamphlets and things of that nature. Yeah. And uh, there were, you know, pretty, you know, aggressive, Say, hey, brother, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then um, I remember that at that time I said, okay, you know, I really don't want to engage with these guys mm-hmm. right now. But then uh, uh, I, I didn't see them back again. Like, I've been in that area, and I'm glad to see that we have uh, – know a good representation of uh, Islam now oh yeah area. like yeah. when it comes to Islam yeah
0: it is it's always it's always going to be Sunni Muslim dominated Street dawa in Toronto without any yeah, doubt yeah. at young and Dundas uh, nation of Islam is a very rare occurrence now yeah uh, and um, they' are
1: handing out that Muhammad speaks uh, yeah, I remember uh, yeah or, or the final call maybe yeah, the final yeah. call.
0: Yeah. And uh, and again, the qadiani is very, very mm. rare, very, yeah. very rare appearance. It's it's Alhamdulillah Sunni Muslim dominated. And yeah. can I say one thing about Nation of Islam here sure. about the street dawa? What I noticed was that they kind of dropped the bow ties and the and the suits. Okay. And and they stopped uh, putting out the final call, and they and they and they just started giving out. Um, Booklets on black history and Mm. black inventors, and they were just asking people for donations donate, you know, so I mean, it's just a guess on my part But I'm thinking that maybe they weren't that effective in their in their in their Dawah Mm. And they thought okay if we want to raise some money forget about this final call nation of Islam stuff Mm. Let's just sell them black history generic black history and ask for donations It's just a guess on my part because it was the same people Mm. but just they dropped the bow ties and Mm. and and uh They weren't talking about Nation of Islam anymore, unless they quit and they're just doing their own freelancing thing. I don't know.
1: Is it it important to get involved in street dawah? What would you say to the average uh, young Muslim coming up? Should we get involved in street dawah?
0: Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, like, I mean, just going back to basics, going back to like fundamentals. I mean, uh, th- this is a religion for all of humanity, is it not? Mm. You know, Islam doesn't just uh, belong to the Arabs or belong to the Pakistanis or the Indians or the Africans. If if we truly believe that this is a message for all of humanity, uh, why wouldn't we want to share it? Why wouldn't we want to share it? And if other Muslims in the past hadn't shared it then you and I, we were talking about our backgrounds, our ethnic backgrounds. We wouldn't be sitting here. We wouldn't be Muslims. Mm. We'd be worshipping something else and doing something else, right? Mm, yeah. So, yeah, it's part of the uh, spreading of the message, part of the propagation of the message. Um, and there's so many other side benefits that come out as a result of that. You, you end up helping other Muslims because there's so many Muslims that are uh, unmosked. I think is the term. They're okay. kind of disconnected from the mosque. Okay. Uh, they're not... Uh, you know they're not going to be comfortable speaking to the imam in the mosque about their problems. But when they see someone like you and me just on the street, and uh, for them, that's a safe space, right? Mm. <laughs> they're in the street. We can't start lecturing them and forcing them to sit down and listen to a sermon or something. Sometimes they'll walk up to you and and, and say, uh, Brother, I just have a question. Um, I've got a non-Muslim girlfriend, and uh, she's kind of interested in Islam, and what do I do now? And they, they come up to you with prob- problems like that, which maybe they would be shy or embarrassed to speak about it with their imam in the mosque. So you get an opportunity to kind of advise, counsel other Muslims. And finally, you're helping yourself, too, because you're reminding yourself, and and you're, 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 you know, subconsciously, you're reminding yourself that I should expect better from myself. I should expect better from myself if I'm here Mm -hmm. um, representing Islam. At least for this one or two hours, let me be on my best behavior. Let me not get upset, uh, you know. Uh, so yeah,
1: so but from what I get is three benefits. You're not only calling non-muslims to Islam You're helping Muslims who have questions who have perhaps doubts in their deen mm. uh, Who have issues that they're dealing with and then you're also helping yourself. So I see three levels of yeah. Benefit in, in in regards to that. How do you prepare for that? How do you get ready then for a street dao? How do you become an effective street da'i? Yeah,
0: Well, again, I was talking to you about this earlier on. Like, you know, ideally, in an ideal world, Mm -hmm. uh, there would be more brothers such as yourself, you know, who have some Islamic training and some Islamic background, proper traditional training, marrying that with, you know, street activism or some kind of activism in the Dawah scene, this podcast even, right? So the reality is, is a bit different. You know, I think people who pursue scholarly learning they're often not interested in doing dawa, you know, on the on the street level, mm-hmm. um, and 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 vice versa. There's you know people who are interested in dawa. Unfortunately, myself included, are not like traditionally trained. You know, I'm not madrasa trained or anything like that. So that's why I'm that Canadian brother, mm-hmm. not that Canadian ustad, not that Canadian talibul ilm. Just a regular Muslim who's interested in doing dawa. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 more to your question, what I would say is that you know there is the hadith about balighni walau ayah, is that right? Uh, convey from me even if it's one uh, verse, one ayah of the Quran, one teaching.
1: So that's what you've been trying to do is take whatever you know, even the basics, and from I I feel people don't appreciate how effective that is. You know, just whatever basic that you know mm-hmm. can be powerful because. Most people, I think people fail to understand that is the beauty of Islam.
0: Hmm.
1: Is that you could take the greatest intellectual to ponder about Islam and they can go into all the nooks and crannies and crevices and just bring out jewel after jewel. But then for the average person, it's like pure water. Yeah, It's like there's there's a thirst of that. Just a la ilaha
0: illallah Muhammad rasulullah. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, the basics that we know, at least we can communicate that. Mm. Um, and to be honest with you, Dr. Said, the thing is, uh, in street dawa, especially, I can tell you, like, it's the same handful of questions that are coming at you again and mm. again and again. Yes. So, That's you, a good point. so, yeah, you don't have to be a trained scholar. People should understand that it's the same questions coming at you again and again and again. Mm. Over time, you end up developing a script. Mm. you know about how I answer that question and what are those questions you know jihad violence Mm. Uh, women why do women have to cover their head why do they have to wear hijab Um, if it's a Christian you know well you you say that you follow Jesus well then why don't you believe he's God because he Mm. said that he's God in the Bible so it's the same handful of questions Mm. and if you prepare good answers for those uh, then really you're set to go, right? Like someone's mm-hmm. not going to walk up to you and ask about the fiqh of jewelry in Maliki fiqh. Mm-hmm. Things like that don't usually happen. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, then this is a very important point, Dr. Saeed, is that people such as myself and have to remember to just to kind of stay in our lane. And so when we get that kind of a offbeat question, which we don't have the answer to, then we have to refer them then to the masjid, to the imam, to the scholar, and so give that question to them, you know.
1: Yeah, and just yeah. be able to have half yeah. of knowledge, since you mentioned Imam Malik, la saying, adri. La adri, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, yeah. I think definitely you have to be humble enough to say that. What would you say has been your most memorable encounter or experience in the dawah?
0: Hmm. I think some of my most memorable experiences were the ones that I wasn't even directly involved in. Like, it's mm. just sometimes other things that I observe, mm. you know. So, for example... There was an Indonesian sister that was, that was joining us uh, for, for a couple of years. And her English skills were, 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 were not very strong. And uh, so I didn't know if, if uh, like, is, is, is she going to be effective and is she going to be able to answer people's questions or not? But somehow her ikhlas, her sincerity, her smile... She gave out more materials than, than all of the rest of us. Mm. And I saw her give so many shahadas to women. She's talking to women. She gave so many shahadas to women. Mm. And I'm like, what is she saying? Because I thought my answers were more clever and witty and humorous, right? Just ikhlas and just her smile, mm. just her wanting to be there. So that's one thing that, you know, affected me and humbled me and then there's lots of other little stories over the years you know uh, i'd have to th- i mean one is for example there was an iranian family um, walking by us and uh, the, the you know the grandmother or, or the elderly woman in that group was just trailing behind them a little bit and she she walked by us she saw us she saw my wife and then she she pulled her hijab back up on her head and walked by so what that little what that little incident tells me is that we might have uh we we might even provide a moral boost to muslims who are just walking by who don't even necessarily stop to interact or exchange salams but it's just a good presence and i think especially at young and dundas i think it's a symbolic presence as well too like we're in the middle of the dunya we're in the middle of the noise we're in the middle of the music in the middle of this very eccentric place as you had described Mm -hmm. it earlier um but islam is still relevant it's still here you know what mm. I mean, and I'm sure that many many tourists during the summer from the Gulf countries, from other Muslim countries, they come and they see that and they're like, wow, you know, I mean, you know, there's there's an Islamic presence right here on on the square. You know, uh,
1: that I believe is a really underrated effect. I remember at our Dawah booths and universities, the people who would get the most motivated and the most effective as a whole would be Muslims. Hmm. Many Muslims would just be coming, oh, you guys are having a lecture. And sometimes the interaction would be quite humorous. Mm. We, we had, I remember one of the Dawa booths, it was a series of events that we had. The last event was a, a debate that we had organized, uh, I think between one of our Muslim speakers and a Christian. And so we were selling tickets to that event, but to non-Muslims we were giving it for free. Mm. And so, the, the brother, the, this this uh, lady comes, she's like oh, interacting, interested, then, uh, sh- you know, the brother comes and he says, OK, you know what, just take this ticket, you know, come to this event. And so she takes the ticket, she leaves and then she comes back and she's super offended. And it was like, why? Like, why are you so offended? She's like, I'm Muslim and you didn't charge me for this ticket. You're supposed to charge me for this <laughs> ticket. <laughs> He's like, telling me after, like, how am I supposed to know you're Muslim? I'm like, no, because there was no identity. Yes, you know, she's not wearing hijab yes. or anything like that. Yeah. So it was this humorous interaction. Mm. But what we gathered from that is that here's somebody you could not tell mm. that they're Muslim, but they're coming and they're actually somehow that sparks a pride, I'm Muslim, I need to pay for this, you know, I'm coming to this thing, you know what I mean? So I think we underestimate the effect that that has on people, on boosting uh, people, uh, their iman, that we have this presence in the middle of this dunya type of setting.
0: Something that I feel a little bit bad about now that I think about it is that in those first couple of years that I started the street dawah, when a Muslim would come up to the table, yeah, I wouldn't be happy about it. In my mind, I was thinking, this guy's wasting my time. Yeah. Like, wh- why am I talking? I'm here to talk to the non-Muslims. You know, yeah, I want to give dawah yeah, to the yeah. non-Muslims. Uh, but then, over time, as they start telling you about their problems, I realized that no, th- this this is also fulfilling a need mm. here, just to listen to them, and to try to advise them and counsel them, and and to try to connect them back with the community, connect them back with the masjid. You know, mm. so uh, that's another big role that. Dawah carriers on the street can fulfill is just serving as a bridge, you know, Mm. just uh, half of the time. That's all I'm doing. I'm just talking to a non-Muslim or a Muslim. And and in my mind, I'm thinking such and such a speaker would really speak to this person's needs like he'll really like this speaker. So I tell him check check out this guy on YouTube, Mm. but it's uh, but but for someone else, it might be another reference. For someone else, it might be a different book, you know? So it's just serving as a bridge and trying to connect them with, with, with good, with khair. You know?
1: mm. yeah. And we need people to call to that w- mm. because we have people calling on your phones, mm. on billboards, uh, in, in our schools, calling to all sorts of other things. Yeah. We need more people calling uh, to the khair, to the haqq.
0: That's the example I give at Dundas Square, when sometimes people stop and ask, like, why are you doing this? Or And unfortunately, sometimes Muslims too, right? Mm. Muslims like, like, why are you doing this, brother? Not in a good way. It's like, yeah, why why are you like doing critical. this? critical. Yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, wh- like, why are you picking on me? Everyone is calling to something. Mm. Everyone is Look at the billboards. Everyone is calling to something. Mm. Yeah, we're the only ones that aren't asking for your money. Actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, why not? I would. Uh, you should do the Uno reverse card. Why not? You tell uh, me. Why not? Yeah. Give yeah. me the case why I shouldn't do yeah, this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but these are the, some of the things you have to uh, mentally prepare yourself for. You were asking earlier, how do you prepare yourself? I mean, it just be mentally prepared that you're going to meet all kinds of people, and that will unfortunately include Muslims, mm-hmm. who sometimes will put you down or demoralize you mm-hmm. or. Um, yeah, just sometimes. You and know, any it any
1: really. dangerous situations that you've encountered?
0: Well, I don't want to scare the audience away from doing street dawah, yeah, yeah, right? We've got to so know about this. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. No, no. But I'll just repeat that ours is a unique stall at Yonge and Dundas because yeah. Yonge and Dundas is a unique place. Yeah. It, it's just the busiest commercial intersection you know, in, in Toronto. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, places like that do attract many people who are suffering from mental illnesses, uh, homelessness, uh, you know, there's, there's druggies and things like that. So naturally, there are going to be some mm. uh, encounters or some people occasionally heckling you. Um, so, I mean, I'm giving you the most extreme example yeah, ever. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> I'm saying in, in 12 years, that, that one time, one time, okay. there was a crazy guy who took off his belt and tried to, like, whip me. Oh, okay. But it was on an extremely cold winter day, so yeah. I was so layered up. Yeah. That I couldn't feel anything. I was just Oh, <laughs> so you were taking the hits. No, but uh, I was so layered yeah, yeah, up because yeah. it was it was a very cold winter day. Yeah, yeah. So I was wearing like jacket on top, a jacket, yeah. and then a parka on top. Yeah. So no, I, I couldn't feel anything unless yeah. he had hit my face. Yeah. But no, but again, he was crazy. How do I yeah. know he's crazy? He didn't have shoes on. He yeah. didn't have socks on. Yeah. And it's like minus 10 degrees. Yeah. Which for you guys in Edmonton is nothing. Maybe that's a warm day. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but that's our know. summer.
1: <laughs> that's a balmy summer but day. But for
0: us, I mean, that was a, that was a cold day. Yeah. But my point being uh, that if in 12 years there was like one incident yeah. that extreme, uh, people living in other places, in suburbs or yeah. in Saskatoon or here in Edmonton, people are friendly. And mm. even but people I, who I don't. But I think,
1: think that, that speaks to, I think that's a practical reality. And that speaks to us being prepared. Right, being yeah. prepared because we've had people confrontational, even in in a university setting. Mm, yes. Even in a university setting, being aggressive, accusing, like you know, you you had this older man who was being really aggressive with the sisters. Mm. So part of our training and preparation is sisters should never be by themselves giving dawah. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. I think those are practical steps. It's not about about being afraid, mm. because. You work at a stall at a restaurant mm. or a restaurant stall and somebody can attack you. Yes. Right. Yes. So I don't I I, I think that's not um, you know, out of the scope of reality in any situation. Yeah. yeah. But I think being prepared too, especially when we know living in Canada mm. where people have been violent towards yeah. Muslims, I think just to be prepared for that, but not scared of it because it's like with anything in life. You could be walking down the street. And a Sikh guy could be walking down the street yeah. mistaken for as a Muslim exactly, and being attacked. You know? Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And yeah, and w- and with our group, we wouldn't even have one guy at the table. You know, yeah. Th- there should be a minimum of, of two or three guys. So yeah. even for other logistical reasons, one has to go to the washroom mm-hmm. or get a coffee. So yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't just have one person. And mm-hmm. and that's an important, that's another thing that, n- not just in, in Dawah, I mean, in any kind of Islamic organization, just... The need to respect leadership, right? Mm. Even if there's only three or four of you, one of one of you is going to be the amir, mm. and and when the amir says it's time to pack up, you know it's 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 getting cold now. I think it's it's a, it's time to go. Mm. Then we have to, you know, respect that as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: Are there uh, people on the street dawa scene that you look up to?
0: Well, I mean, uh, I I count speakers corner Hyde Park as an example of street dawa for sure. Uh, so, um, I mean, Mansoor Ahmad, these are yeah. friends of mine too. Uh, yeah, Mansoor Ahmad and Hashim, Muhammad Hijab, all, all of them, they're, they're, they're doing a good job, you know, in, in, in their own way. Mm. Uh, Sheikh Uthman Ibn Farooq, mm. where is he? In Sa- is that San Diego? San Diego. Yeah, yeah San Diego. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what he's doing, that's, that's wonderful, right? Yeah. That's excellent. So, uh, yeah, these are, these are people that, that, uh, that I would like to try to emulate, you know, if mm. I could.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you feel uh, as well uh, there has been some criticism that there's a n- there's a new generation be- that uh, because of YouTube and social media seem to be grandstanding quite a bit mm-hmm. with uh, the street dawa and dawah in general. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I mean that that's always a danger. Like ego is always a danger with 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 any kind of you know. Whatever religiosity or whatnot, and uh, yeah, with us, I mean, yeah, some people have asked us, you know, why do we don't put up videos? But it's it's more just that it's not really our style. Occasionally, Mm. if there's a shahada, we'll ask the person. Mm. We can just put up their little short shahada clip on our Facebook page, Mm. which is called Street Dawa Toronto, by Mm. the way. Uh, But you're right; these are things we have to guard ourselves against. And 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 that's why the learning should be going hand in hand with this stuff, right? Shouldn't mm. It shouldn't just be activism. <laughs> yes, it should be grounded in some kind of learning, connection with the masjid, connection with elders, connection with the ulama, something like that, right? Mm. Uh, connection with peers who have more experience in that field. Mm. But it's something we always have to guard ourselves against, definitely. Yeah. Do you stay in touch with the people that give shahada? Uh, yes, so um, I remember one Sheikh saying that it, it's the postnatal care that is the bigger concern, isn't mm, it? The yes. postnatal care. Once yeah. they take Shahada, what do you do with them now? So um, on our part, we definitely we make that effort, right? Like phone numbers are exchanged and emails are exchanged. But but I'll be honest with you, Dr. Said, there, there, there are a good number of people who take Shahada who then don't, they don't do their part and they don't follow up or they don't get in touch. That does happen, you know. Mm. Um, and we know that ahead of time. We know that maybe for every five shahadas, maybe there's one that's going to really stick it through or whatnot. Um, but yeah, yeah, there, there, are, there are people, especially there's some sisters who have stayed in touch with the sisters from our da'wah group. Um, and once in a while, you know, you, you get an encouraging story. Like once what happened just a few years ago, I remember that uh, a lady came to the stall and she said, yeah, I just wanted you to know that I took a book from your stall you know, years ago. And that's what started my journey into researching Islam, and I became a Muslim. So, uh, yeah, so we really thanked her for mm. <laughs> stopping to share that with us because it serves as encouragement, doesn't mm. it? But uh, at the end of the day, as you know, we're planting seeds, and whether they grow or not, or when they grow, is ultimately in the hands of Allah. But we're planting seeds. And because of all this, the tourists that come in the summer, now that hopefully the pandemic's over, hopefully it'll return to the same levels. But um, there's so much tourism from South America, and then there's temporary Mexican workers, farm, wor- farmers uh, uh, who, who walk by. So we give a lot of Spanish material out, mm. and I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm sure that there's, there's, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of Spanish books that we gave out which are now physically there somewhere in South America, in someone's home, in someone's living room. So one day inshallah the se- the seed will sprout mm. if not th- with the person we gave it to, maybe a family member maybe one of their children will one day read that that book
1: mm. that's uh, yeah that's interesting uh, to see uh, that because of the international nature of uh, Canada mm. specifically yes. as uh, you know and especially. That you're able to reach many different parts of the world, yeah. you know, especially the area that you are. That's a tourist hub.
0: Yeah. Maybe this isn't the best term to use, but we're we're super spreaders. You know, <laughs> younger <Adunda. laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a super good super spreaders of the dawa. Yeah, yeah. It's super.
1: <laughs> we gotta super spread some goodness. Yeah. Because that's these sure. people are
0: gonna travel all over the globe and go yeah. back home and yeah. visit Hong Kong and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, you know, Subhanallah, you don't know where you get that. Irayah. I I mm. I've I remember uh, a brother who's lived all his life in Saudi He came and uh, he, he came to some of our da'wah events and some of our lectures and khutbas and things like that and he said i've never this person's coming from like what we would normally think is the hub of islam and learning and the great giant hmm. he said i've never been touched like this about my deen hmm. that i have through through you so you don't know who, whose words and where the the barakah and yeah. Who Allah SWT uses as a means yeah.
0: to guide people Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's all in phases And, and by the way, uh, from my experience what I've seen is the shahadas that we give at the table We weren't the ones that convinced them there or anything mm. like that They were already at the final stage of a journey mm. So again, someone else planted the seeds with them A friend at college, a friend at university, a Muslim friend at university Talked to them about Islam, planted mm. the seeds mm. And that original Muslim might think, well, nothing came of it. Mm. I talked to this guy about Islam. I gave him the Quran. Now I'm out of touch. Nothing happened. No, something did happen. One day he came to our table and said, you know, I really like this religion. You have a wonderful religion. It's so great. So the work's already done. Mm. All you have to at that point, I just asked him, well, you're saying Islam is so wonderful. <laughs> What's stopping you from yeah. becoming Muslim? Yeah. And 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 that's how a lot of the shahadas happen. Mm. So. Uh, so there's other people who planted seeds, and and when we give shahadas, we're, it's the last stage. It's mm. it's not like we convinced them on the spot. Mm. They're are people who are ready and they needed a friendly li- little nudge.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can definitely speak to that as well. I remember there's somebody who uh, contacted. us, said I want to uh, talk about Islam, or I want somebody to tell uh, talk to me about Islam, and I'm interested in Islam. Mm. And um, so we. Literally, we. Uh, I made an appointment to meet with him. We sit down. He's like, "Yeah, I, I want to give my shahada." <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, "I want to accept Islam." I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, "Oh, so I have to slow him down." Okay, wait a minute. What do you know about Islam? Yes. What did you learn about Islam? Yeah. So this guy uh, went to some small town that nobody's heard of in Alberta, and in that class there was a in part of their social studies a, you know a religion. Mm. Uh, portion of that where they talk about the world religions Mm. and the teacher talked for just a Little small portion of one class about Islam Mm. Non-Muslim teacher, you know, some random hick town middle of nowhere
0: Mm.
1: He became so interested in Islam by learning just by that teacher Mm. That he's like this is what caused me to want to become Mm. So I was like, okay, what do you know about? It? I just I had to slow him down. Okay, let's do the basics. Okay, these are the basics. Do you understand? Do you agree? Mm. He's like yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. He
1: gave you shahada. So <laughs> there are people. wa ta'ala As well, you know, put them on these different journeys. Yeah. And they just need maybe that f- final, uh, a yeah. person to walk them to to that. Yeah. To because that what happens,
0: Doctor Said, is that sometimes at the workplace or at school. Um, you know, the Muslim has given some dawa to his non-Muslim friend, but he feels he doesn't want to step over that red line mm. and like risk the friendship yeah. by 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 explicitly inviting Ask them to become yeah. Muslim. So that's another advantage of street dawa, right? And I I jokingly work that into my script too when I'm giving somebody the nudge to do mm. shahada. What mm. and, and 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 you know, I, I say, listen, you know, you're never gonna see me again, right? Mm. So. Um, uh, so, so I, I, in other words, I can ask more direct questions. Sometimes mm. I can be a little bit more direct than their friends at work or school would want to be. Mm. So that's one advantage that we have. You know, mm. maybe the, the Muslim friend was a little bit scared or apprehensive to explicitly invite them to Islam. But that's all that was needed at this point. Mm. The person's already converted in their heart, and all they needed was that explicit invitation. That okay? Well, are you ready? You want to say the Shahada now? Mm. And if he doesn't, nothing's lost. Like, you know, I haven't lost a friend, I'm never going to see this person again, he's never going to see me again, mm. you see? Yeah.
1: What are specific things our community can do to support new reverts?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a bigger question, you know, for the Muslim organizations. But I mean, the obvious thing would be, like... like more from your
1: perspective, so you've given yes. them dawah, they've accepted Islam, what do you feel they... what kind of support do you think they need from the community yeah. now? To maintain so there isn't that recidivism, they don't go back or they don't find that support.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the Muslim community is doing the right kinds of programs now, but I think we need more of the same. Hmm. Uh, Like, there are some great revert programs now, and there's even, like, I I know that there's been camps, you know, that invite reverts and free dinners and lectures for reverts. Just today I got uh, an email about a a revert care free program and dinner and this and that, in Brampton, which is one of the suburbs of mm-hmm. Toronto, just today I got mm-hmm. that email, um, and I forwarded it to a friend who knows other uh, who knows converts, and mm-hmm. you know he might invite them. But I think more of the same. Uh, I think if a mosque only does that once or twice in the year, mm-hmm. then the, or just for Eid, that then that's not sufficient. So uh, where and when possible, maybe try it on a weekly basis or a monthly mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is, if you started on a weekly basis, thinking that. There's not really a need for it on a weekly basis because we only have three converts at this mosque. But they're going to pull in other people. Mm. You, you just start the program, and I'm sure it'll grow. And I'm sure people from other parts, f- farther parts of the city, when they find out that that one mosque there has a revert program every week, they'll they'll even travel across the city maybe to attend that mm. program. So uh, that's the best answer I can think of right now is more of the same. Wasn't
1: there but, uh, uh, a brother or an organization... That almost had a hostel for uh, reverts. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I know in Toronto that there was a small center called P4E Paradise Forever. Yeah, that was run by Mohammed Robert Heft yes uh, that's the one i'm thinking yeah about. but he's in and out of the country now he's not running that but but yeah they they well i mean it wasn't exactly a, a hostel so you might be thinking yeah, of yeah. something else okay. but he did have two or three rooms there yes that could temporarily accommodate reverts who were forced oh, to okay. leave their home okay. or something okay. like that okay. until they get back up on their feet and okay. and yeah of course yeah i mean that's forward thinking that yeah. uh, sure <laughs> we could certainly use that yeah we or maybe I, I, like and that.
1: then uh, especially uh, yeah, I think some of them when they're getting kicked out, maybe we need uh some temporary housing things
0: like that yeah. to uh, to provide. And also we we shouldn't put all of the pressure on the organizations. I mean, just at us as individuals, we can do so much. Mm. These these large Muslim conferences that happen, uh, you know, what stops us uh for, from bringing uh, a non-Muslim friend with us, right? Mm. Um why does everything have to be subsidized by an organization? Like, I mean, I, I can't pay one ticket for a non-Muslim friend. So yeah. um, even these lectures that are happening right now with this tour that the speakers are on, the United Islamic Awareness Week, yeah. uh, these are some great speakers coming. Uh, Abdullah Andalusi, Adnan Rashid, and uh, Brother Fareed and So, um, I mean, Muslims should, should try to bring some of their non-Muslim friends. Mm. It's, it's not that difficult, right?
1: It's... Who, who in your experience has been the most uh, receptive to uh, the Dawa? like is it men versus women or uh, certain you know are, are, are people like from a certain age demographic? like what, what kind of demographics have you uh, wi- witnessed and experienced are the most receptive?
0: Yeah, again, Toronto is so mixed that that no one ethnicity or linguistic group immediately sticks out in my mind right now. Mm-hmm no one group sticks out. It really has been from diverse backgrounds. Mm. Like really, you know, diverse, like it could be a Chinese one day, it could be a Nigerian lady, mm. or it could be an Ethiopian man. Mm. It, it's been very, very diverse. Mm. But in terms of taking our materials, I found that uh, that South Americans rarely say no. I, I found that Mexicans mm. and uh, other Spanish-speaking speak people rarely say no. Mm. Now, maybe that's aided by the fact that I say Espanol, Espanol. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that helps. But yeah. again, when I, when I say Chinese and offer it to Chinese people, they don't take it in the, in the same numbers or to the same degree that I found Mexicans and other South Americans. Yeah. They're happy to take it. If you tell them you have something in Spanish and it's free, uh, which I forget the word for free now, but yeah, yeah. Espanol. Uh, yeah, they're, they're really happy to, to take it really yeah yeah it
1: seems like there is a really big potential within mm. the latin american community yeah. for dawah uh, yeah, I, I know think
0: latinos in the u.s have been a big group that have been converting uh, yeah.
1: it seems uh, that even with uh, the world cup in qatar many of the people who came from latin american countries uh, Mexico, there was a huge interest. Many of the reverts, many people accepting Islam. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know. uh, I was in Qatar, so uh, this is also a partial answer to your question yeah. is that when I was in Qatar, the most shahadas that I saw happening, but again, there is a variable that might account for that. I'll come to that in a minute. But me personally, what I saw was actually Filipino ladies uh, oh. who were, um, they were migrant workers or temporary workers there in Qatar. Okay. Um, and by the way, that I was uh, like that was very heartwarming, and I was happy to see that because um, we do hear a lot about uh, migrant workers from the Philippines and from mm. India being mistreated in the Gulf countries, mm. and I'm sure like it it happens, and that's very unfortunate. It's un-Islamic, but the fact that, the fact that I saw so many Filipino ladies working there becoming uh, Muslim in front of my eyes. That told me that they they had a positive uh, experience with the the Arab Muslim families that they live with. Mm. They were well treated. They haven't been turned off from Islam in that way. Mm. Um, But the variable that I was alluding to was a brother from Aira, Aira, uh, from the Philippines, that they had brought. Uh, I think his name was Abdul Rashid. Mm. I know his other name was Romeo. But that guy, mashallah, was a Shahada machine. Shahada Machine. Like I wish I knew what he was saying in Tagalog to these ladies. Yeah. But man, they were mesmerized. They were listening to him. Mm -hmm. I I said, You've got the right name, Romeo. (laughs) You've got the right name. I don't know what he was saying to them, but but they 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 were just converting like on mass. You know that's
1: interesting you say that because I was I still remember this vividly. I was in a gathering with um, Sheikh Dr. Bilal Phillips, okay. and we had other senior shiyyuchs amongst us, mm. like Sheikh Ja'far Idris. So there was a lot of uh, people who are giants in, you know, the dawa, especially mm. uh, that have affected us in the Western world. And uh, they were we, we were talking, and they were saying, which part of the world? Where have you gone in the world where the people ha- are the most receptive to Islam and has the greatest potential? Mm. And that's what Dr. Bilal Phillips said. He said the Philippines. Mm, he said the Philippines, I've seen the most receptive to the da'wah and the most people accepting Islam there.
0: Interesting. Wow. Interesting. And that was 23 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, And, and uh, yeah. I think even their attachment to Mary and all of that, all of that, we can, we can incorporate that into our da'wah and, and, and kind of you know, explain to them, for example, you know, the role of Azat Maryam in Islam and so mm-hmm. forth. One thing just popped into my mind, Doctor. Said earlier on, you asked yeah. about uh, people in the street dawa field that I look up to. So one of our, one of our Canadian own, uh, Sheikh Mustafa Khatab, Yes. Yeah. Who of course is the translator of the Quran into the the clear Quran, and you know, mashallah, we're so proud of him for having done that because that's like the preferred translation now, even even in England. This is what they're giving out now on the streets, the clear Quran. But uh, no, he gets his hands dirty. Like, he, 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 he does street da'wah. Not with our group. He does it at, I think, Young and Bloor with IRA Canada. Okay. But again, I'm impressed because that's maybe, I, I think, I think that's a rare example uh, of a scholar, uh, of an imam who also kind of gets involved, you know. Uh, in, in In Street dawa, and again um, i mean i haven 't come across any videos of his doing street dawa, so it 's not about grandstanding or anything like that. he just mm. he gets his hands dirty and he just gets involved on the street level as well yeah yeah uh,
1: I, I hope people can take uh, some benefit from this in terms of some of the younger people coming up uh, usually people they imitate or they gravitate towards what they see, and because a lot of what i feel the, the the people are trying to do it in a not necessarily necessarily a traditional way but in a way where they're not hyper focused on everything being liked and viewed hmm. you know what i mean hmm. i think there needs to be some type of connection so if you're getting like you have many of the young generation getting hyped up about Dawa, instead of trying to imitate and emulate all the like the latest trending type of um Dawa that they may see online, I think there needs to be some type of connection with people that are unseen, hmm. that are doing a lot of the work in the trenches uh, without a lot of the accolades and hmm. whatnot to really uh, develop the uh, mentorship, hmm. you know, from these people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those mentors, I mean, I would say is the Amir of our Sunday Dawa group, mm-hmm. Street Dawa Toronto. He's he's one of the unsung heroes in my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, nobody knows him other than us. He's just a quiet guy in the background. Um, but the the you know the reason we've kept him as our Amir is because again, his just his consistency, his dedication, and just his uh, his discipline. To be honest with you, discipline meaning like. Mm-hmm just keeping track of, okay, how many books do we have left? And how many Qurans do we have left? Okay, I have to do a back order of this and another order of this. And he's the one holding it all together. And, you know, nobody knows who he is, but, you know, I tell him, inshallah, on the Day of Judgment, you know, he'll, he'll get his certificate and his acknowledgement from the angels, inshallah. You know, he's, he's a really good brother. So, inshallah. yeah, exactly. The, the real heroes are unsung heroes in the background that are just holding things together. Mm. They're the administrators or the organizers and, you know, every... Saturday, he sends out, he forwards out emails to everyone who has ever volunteered w- with this group mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. reminds them tomorrow, 1 p.m., we're coming together. Mm-hmm. So these little things they, they matter a lot, mm-hmm. they count a lot. It's what holds things together.
1: You know? Yes, inshallah, I think that'll be a good trip. For uh, the Life Huck team when we go out to Toronto. We, we oh, go to yeah. Toronto often, but, you know, to connect with you and yeah, yeah. Uh, witness and help contribute whatever exactly, we can. Exactly, with our Dawa. Sunday
0: group yeah. and then with Ira Canada at yeah. a different location. You yeah. get a different feel. Yeah. And uh, exactly. No, we, yeah. would, we would love to have you because you I know you would have so much to contribute. We would be learning from you at that point. So, we yeah, we please would, do.
1: Uh, and also for young guys coming up, how can they connect with you that are in the Toronto area to get involved
0: yeah if, if they're in the Toronto area then they can uh, message Street Dawa Toronto on Facebook we do actually respond you know okay, again so. there's a brother again who is consistent he does actually consistently good. respond to yeah. that. And if it's a, if it's a lady, uh, then my wife can respond to them and Excellent. connect with them or talk to them on Zoom and get an idea mm-hmm. of whether yeah. they would be a fit or not. So it's, so yeah. it's a
1: family affair for you, mashallah.
0: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My, 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 my wife joins because, you know, there's a shortage of like women volunteers and maybe for good reason. Maybe it's not yeah. the best place, you know, yeah. necessarily. Yeah. But... Sometimes you, need some, uh, sometimes you need some sister representation, yes. you know, uh, not just for superficial reasons, mm-hmm. but for, uh, I mean, when a 50-year-old Canadian, white, non-Muslim lady stops and asks about the hijab, to be honest with you, right, I mean, even all of your knowledge won't, won't really count for much when you're answering the question about hijab to her. Yeah. It could be the grand mufti of Lebanon answering yeah. the question. It's not going to count for much because you're still a man. I mean, you don't have to wear the hijab, right? Mm. You're talking about how wonderful it is. Mm. Yeah, but you don't have to wear it. So now when you have a sister explaining it, mm. you know, passionately and in light of her experiences, mm. sometimes that can count for a lot more, right? Mm. So it's not just about scripted answers and academic answers. It's about connecting like yeah. with the other person as a human being. Yeah. And, and, and that can have a big impact.
1: Well, uh, I've always said uh, to my own family The family that does da'wah together stays together.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think
1: that's a powerful thing to bind uh, people together. And there's a lot of barakah, I feel, that are affected with the relationships and the da'wah. Uh, Jazamah for your uh, time here and sharing Mm. your experience and your contribution, and your effort, and we ask Allah to accept it on your You know,
0: I, mean, I mean, Likewise for you, Yakum? Thank you for the work that you do. Like, is, It was exciting for me to be here at Life Haq, and it was good to see this the studio, the setup, and it makes me proud and happy that, yeah, we've got this in Canada, we've got yeah. this going in Canada, this kind of a yeah. setup, this kind of a team yeah. uh, that you've got together, Mashallah, yeah. And uh, and that reminds me of, uh, I mean, there's so many benefits, but it just reminded me of another final point, is that another benefit of the Dawah is that you will meet such wonderful people true. that will help you improve and become better true i've met people that it wouldn't be an mm. exaggeration to say that the meeting them and becoming friends with them changed my life mm. uh i i don't think i'd be here talking to you right now i wouldn't have met you but for uh, uh, you know the involvement in the in the dawa scene so you meet some wonderful people and 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 it leads to your hopefully your personal growth and and improvement you know
1: I, I've, I've always said that there's no better reasoning to come together than for a righteous cause. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the most blessed friendships are made by that, the most blessed relationships are made yes. by that. And you discover people that you would never. And I, I remember from a young age, it, it doesn't matter like the age or where the person is from. Mm. I remember one of the, the shiuch I told you that I, that I study with mm-hmm. in Toronto. Uh, <laughs> I, I would go and study with him. He has kids my age. And they like, well, let's go out. I'm like, no, no, I want to sit with your dad yeah, and talk yeah. to your dad. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, of, and it doesn't matter, you know, the, mm. the age, you know, much older, True. younger, whatever. Yeah. Because when you are when you have that righteous, passionate cause that yeah. binds you together, yes. uh, there's a barakah, there's a blessing yeah. that's in there.
0: And on that point of age, uh, you know, I would really like to kind of, uh, you know, invite and, and, and call out... Um, you know uh, brothers who are also you know in 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 their 40s and 50s mm-hmm. and uh, and it might help it might help if if they were raised here if they're kind of culturally you know used to the scene and they know how to speak to people because I, I, there is currently I feel with respect to, to everybody in the Dao scene like a, this kind of an overrepresentation of of of, of young guys in their 20s mm. um, and I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from yeah. from joining but young guys from their 20s bring a certain strength and dynamic to the to the dawa scene and and they have an energy and they have a physical energy and strength yes uh, and stamina that we need um, but you know uh, guys who are a little bit older with a few white hairs in their in their in their uh, yeah. goatee and their beard can also bring a different kind of energy and vibe and a mm-hmm. certain experience or maturity mm-hmm. and unfortunately it seems to me like people who are very excited about doing dawa in their 20s kind of they, they drop off by the time they're in their mid-30s. You know, they're married, they got kids, they have a job. Oh, you, we understand. I mean, there's other mm. demands on your time. Um, but if you can make the time, Dr. Saeed, right? If I can make some time, then mm. the rest of us can make some time too. So yeah. we should never l- kind of like outgrow dawah, you know? Mm. And, and it doesn't have to be limited to street dawah. That's not for everybody. Yes. But some kind of dawah activity, involvement in some kind of organization... Um, maybe, maybe, and maybe that's a challenge—a friendly challenge for the twenties, uh, for the for the guys who are out there in their twenties. Yeah. Okay, you know, maintain this. Don't forget yeah. this yes. excitement. Don't forget yes. this ambition. Uh, don't don't lose that. You know, try mm. to hold on to that and yeah. and continue, even if you do less at a lesser pace, mm. but 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 always stay connected to it.
1: You yeah. yeah, you realize you look back at it. You know, for myself, it's been decades. So you know, twenty-three plus mm-hmm. years, and. I would not give up a single one of those years mm. uh, being involved in the da'wah mm. uh, because uh, I truly believe in every aspect of my life if Allah yafid, like you help the cause of mm. Allah you mm. help the deen mm. of Allah Allah will, will help you and preserve you. Mm. You know, uh, I truly believe that um, I've seen it manifest itself in my life mm. on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. And to Thank our you. audience, I uh, hope you can really benefit from today's episode. And as always, remember, we live by the haq, we die by the haq. And just when you think life is stuck, tune into Life Haq. Mm-hmm. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.